right? She's just burst through the door in that very uh, almost 11th hour. Sally Lucas uh, ready for a bit of talking travel. You do a bit, you do a bit of travelling here after Dennis, I've got to say. Straight into this room and I know yeah. seconds to spare. Seconds to spare. Got it down to a fine art. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we heading today? We're heading to advise people if they get to a place and they mightn't have done their research and think, oh, my God, the museum I want to see is closed. All this mm. is. There are always alternatives, so I'm going to come up with some options for that. We're going to talk about that wonderful part of the world, the Galapagos, um, which is, you know, UNESCO World Heritage, and talk about some lovely places where you can see wildlife, where they're being actually well looked after and not being subjected to, you know, ill treatment, mistreatment. mistreatment. Sally, I think everybody has been on a holiday of some sort and I want to go and see this, that and the other. And for one reason or another, we just don't get to see that attraction. It's very disappointing, isn't it? It is. I did it myself. This yeah. last trip, can you believe it? I was so annoyed with myself because I thought I'd done all the research before I left. Turned up at this wonderful new um, library that has been spent millions on in Paris to be reinvented. And it's now not just a library, it's sort of a museum as well. Mm. And I sure said it was open on, <laughs> on, on a Sunday. And because most of them are, they shut Monday, Tuesday. So I've rocked up. No. Nah. So I understand exactly, and again, I've been in Paris before when I wanted to see L'Orangerie, which is the famous Monet big circular um, paintings of his, his original paintings of the water lilies, and I've missed that, but I didn't this time. So I did that one right. You circled back and got it the next time around. So I got, so I got it this time. Yeah, So, but look, this does happen to everybody, and as we say, notoriously places in Europe particularly are closed on Mondays on Tuesdays, but that's not necessarily always the case. And also, if you're thinking of flying, usually avoid weekends and Fridays. Often like a Tuesday could be a cheaper day to fly than a, or get a better fare. It's really, it's kind of the same rule for the entire world, isn't it, really? It really is, yeah. I mean, a lot of the airlines now actually have higher fares on the weekends anyway. Yeah, even for anything. I mean, if you're going into town, let's say. And you say, pay a you know, surcharge or something, don't oh, you? Yeah. And I don't like that because no. we all work seven days a week now. I think the old days is different, but I think now there, there should not be a surcharge you know, if you're eating on a weekend, there really shouldn't. Anyway, that's another story altogether. Um, yeah, so don't forget that, like, for example, the Vatican Museums, they're technically not in Rome. It's its own city. It's own own little country So there. they're actually open on Mondays, to give you an idea. Um, and then alternatives to, I mean, you've got the Colosseum, Palatine Hills. You've got, you know, all those sorts of places in Rome you can visit. And Paris, again, supposedly closes down on Mondays and Tuesdays. But again, that's patchy. The Louvre's open on Mondays. The, the Musée d'Orsay, which is the lovely uh, other um, Impressionist Painting Museum. And the Versailles, Palace of Versailles, is open on a Tuesday. But even if you're not going to a museum or anything like that, you've got all the outdoors that you can go and spend some time in. Just just people watching, just wandering up a little cobblestone mm. street or an alleyway. or So don't forget you can do that as well, you know. And also, like in South America, for example, many city centres have car-free Sundays. So that brings out flocks of local street vendors, markets. I always remember in Buenos Aires, you know, there was, they were doing tangos in the street, just demonstration oh, they... <laughs> of the tango, which was just absolutely fabulous. Did you join in? Oh, God, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can dance, but I don't think I could ever do the tango. Because <laughs> it takes two to tango. Well, it does take two, and my husband doesn't dance, so there you go. Oh, well, uh, kind of screwed on that one. He misses out. Mm. He misses out, but so do I. Anyway, but like in the United States, you go to a sporting game. Like what an experience if you want to go to a gridiron mm. or a baseball game or, you know, do something like that. Um, and mosques, for example, now some of the Islamic mosques are, are closed on Friday is often their day of rest and prayer. So, you know, you've got to remember that, that their weekend's different to our weekend. Ours is Sunday, but theirs is Friday. But what they do in some of these countries, and we've been to Dubai and Oman, they have these incredible brunches on a Friday. Everyone goes out. So instead of us going on Saturday, it's like a three to four hour. The food, you've never seen Mm. anything like it. The last one I went into Oman. The seafood buffet was just packed with every form of seafood you can imagine, and you can keep going back and eat as much as you like. You always do this to me, Sally. I haven't. Had my, I had a sandwich at five thirty this morning. No lunch yet, and you talk about all these buffet meals. I know, and don't forget, like a lot of the Muslim countries aren't always sometimes what you think is Muslim mightn't be obvious to you. You know what I'm saying? So, for example, not just the Middle East, but you've got places like Turkey, Morocco, Malaysia, Indonesia. You know, they are mainly Muslim faith as well. But, look, you can wander parks, botanic gardens. You can wander down riversides, promenades, Mm. countrysides. You know, go to a church service, even if you're not a church person, to go into some of these beautiful churches and Mm. hear the choir sing. It's quite uplifting and quite moving. And I've, I've fallen upon that a few times. I've just heard this incredible voice. We were in Venice once, and I couldn't even see a church, but it, w- it was just this door, and, and it wasn't obvious because you know what Venice is like. It's just all these little mm. places crammed into narrow, narrow streets, and th- and this was this church service going on. So I just we just tiptoed into the back of the church, and the singing and the acoustics was just just magnificent. So you'll always fall upon something that you can go. So don't be too disappointed if you've missed out on one thing because you'll always catch up on something else. I can actually give you an example with something that happened to us. Mm. We did a US trip. We wanted to go to the Six Flags amusement park. We checked at the time we were spending that week in New York. It was supposed to be open. Yep. And we turned up and they just decided on spec, no, we're going to cl- open a week later. So we couldn't go. Uh, so that wasn't, we couldn't have, we, nothing we nothing could do about it. Nothing you could do about it, no. But then we went to a restaurant uh, in an area that we always wanted to go to because we wouldn't have done this otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And witnessed what we still believe was a mafia transaction. So much cooler than the the big roller coaster that we wanted to go on at the same time. And we got a bit of a death stare from the guy as well. Oh, but he, dear. He looked at us and thought, oh, these guys are clearly from out of town, so we'll leave them alone. They weren't too worried yeah. about you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't look like I pose much of a threat normally. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't have thought so. But then I got upset because it was the week in New York we wanted to get. My main reason for going was to see David Lennerman. And then uh, just. And they would okay. never announce when he was on holiday. So I rocked up on the Monday. Monday, sign on the door, essentially, that said he wasn't there there for that week. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, you do have these disappointments, but I'm sure the other things you do make up for it. For sure. You know, so to me, if people often say to me, what's your favourite place? But also they say, you know, is there somewhere you haven't liked? And I said, no, nowhere. I said, because if I haven't liked the food, I've liked the culture. If I haven't liked the culture, I've liked the history. If I haven't liked the history, I've liked the countryside. I think the only way that you don't like somewhere, I mean, out, unless you have a really bad experience, oh, that, yeah, but, yeah. but that's, that aside. That's, that's, a, that's probably minimal yeah. in percentage-wise. Or if you get really sick, obviously, you know, you're not going to have a good memory of a place, obviously. But, I mean, as far as forgetting those sort of parameters, just as in visiting anywhere, you mm. know, you, I get something out of everywhere I go. Yeah, because there always is something. 
Absolutely. You know, like Absolutely. I might, and as we've pointed out, it might not be the very thing that you've gone there for, but, but it'll be something. But you'll discover something else, yeah. and that's the beauty of travel. Talking travel with Sally Lucas, our travel guide, our travel expert, who herself, we learned a couple of minutes ago, doesn't always get it right when she's <laughs> in other parts of the world. But this is your chance to get something right if you love animals, and animals and nature, Sally, a great reason to travel. Absolutely. Some, sometimes animals, shall we say, have a, a better life than in other places. They certainly do, and, and thank God, you know, in this day and age now, <clears throat> we're more aware of all mm. this and, and more is being done about it, which is fantastic. So the main thing is you do want to obviously see animals in their own environments. And naturally, if you're going to go to South or East Africa, that's what you're going to see. Mm. But then in some of the other countries around the world, of course, that hasn't been the case. Like, And, and if you're sort of being allowed to ride on an elephant or do some of these things like watching dancing bears and feeding mm. monkeys and all this horrible stuff, they've been beaten into submission at some stage in their life to do that. And that's what you've got to treat, keep in the back of your mind. I, I was, again, guilty because I didn't know. I was in Thailand some years ago. And it was a Buddhist, you know, sanctuary for, for lions. So you'd think with the people yeah, like thinking, that in oh, charge, well, you're thinking. Yeah. And then when we went to see them, they brought them out with chains around their necks and you could tell they were doped. Mm-hmm. They were so placid. There was no way that that could be real. And I, anyway, when I came home, it was an educational for work. I, I wrote to the Thailand government and the tourist authority say this has to stop. I was so upset uh, to see what I saw. And eventually that has been stopped. So the, these are things that you've got to be aware of. And you find most of the um, sort of the safari, backpacking, adventure style companies, now, like World Expeditions, Intrepid, G Adventures and all these, they are part of the Coalition for Ethical Wildlife Tourism. So anything you do with those companies, you know you're, you're going to be seeing the animals in their natural and habitat or environment, or they've actually been rescued and been able to either be, go back into the wild or some of them can't, but they're still going to be kept in a safe place and being looked after the way they should be. So certainly you can do this in places, as I said, like Africa. Um, in Australia, of course, we, we can here. Of course, you can watch the lovely little penguins at Phillip Island. I mean, you've only got to drive around Tasmania and wombats are just everywhere mm-hmm. anyway, so you've just got to be very careful when you're driving. Like we swim with whales, sharks at Ningaloo, or you see sea lions on Kangaroo Island, but you all have to keep your distance. You know, there's parameters again, and that's that's very well very well controlled. Um, in Europe, you're not going to see as much wildlife as you're going to see, like on the African or the um, South and North American continents. But you do get to see things like brown bears in Finland and Bulgaria, whales in Iceland, and, and puffins and seals. You know, all that sort of thing. Animal welfare has not been unfortunately high on the agenda in parts of Asia, but that again, as I've just said, is definitely changing now. So that is a good thing. And you can go and see, um, for example, even in Cambodia, they have um, clouded leopards, black bears and wild Asian elephants, as well as hundreds of species of birds. And birds, as I've mentioned to you before, got me when I went to Africa going there for for the the creatures who wander the ground, the four-footed ones, but I was absolutely wrapped in the bird life. (laughs) Look up. (laughs) Yeah. And again, like in Sri Lanka, they've got a national park there, the Yala National Park, which is home to sloth bears, leopards and elephants. So there are wildlife in countries you don't often think about have wildlife. But just make sure you're doing it with a company that does, you know, employ this sustainable tourism for, you know, visiting animals and is a member of the Coalition for Ethical Wildlife Tourism. And let's be honest, Sally, to to come all the way full circle here, with the fact that there is so much more awareness of of these type of behaviours now, companies that are really about doing the right thing, they are going to let you, you you, you will know if they are, they'll tell you. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the other place I just thought I'd mention, um, which I'm hoping to visit next, or not hoping, I am going to visit next year. I'm so excited, is the Galapagos, which I haven't done. And it's always been on my bucket list. So I'm getting there next year to Ecuador and the Galapagos. And of course, it was inscribed as the very first UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1978, which is quite a milestone. So it's, it's a an unique archipelago, which once intrigued and entranced Charles Darwin. And I was reading up on him the other day. Do you know he was only 22? Two when he set out on the Beagle, which the Beagle dog was named after, by the way. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, and his father didn't want him to go at first. He mm. thought he was far too young and didn't know what he was doing. Anyway, then an uncle said, no, I'll go with you, and it was older. And so you, you just think, 22, to take out on an expedition like that. I think in those days, How remarkable. More, more people did, didn't they? You just, you oh, just get out into the world and do your thing. Yeah, just so young. But, of course, it's the world's largest biosphere reserves, which covers hundreds of square miles of ocean. And you've got all the fascinating native flora and fauna, rich undersea, and the really they are islands that, of course, are truly worthy of protecting and are being protected. And they're about 600 miles from Ecuador, to give you an idea, and there's 19 major islands and nearly 100 minor islands. So that is just a wonderful part of the world if you haven't got there yet. And as I said, I am just so excited about getting there next year. It's another place where you're just going to see this wonderful array of animals who aren't afraid of humans because they've never been hunted, never been you know, sub- subjected mm. to any bad mal- malnourishment or maltreatment. So, yeah, another place you can go to see wildlife as it is. Oh, that sounds to it. You are FM's talking travel. Sally Lucas, our travel guide, is here who is now currently researching all of the things that she wants to see on this Galapagos <laughs> trip so that indeed you don't get there, Sally, and find like you did yeah, earlier no, on. No, you no, couldn't get there. Definitely not. Um, this is just something new for Australia, exploring the Great Barrier Reef by submersible and helicopter. So Scenic is bringing out their newest vessel, Scenic Eclipse 2, to Australia in 2024 for the first time. And it's the only commercial cruise operator who can offer these submersible and helicopter excursions on the Great Barrier Reef. So that might be something you'd like to think of doing as well, which would be absolutely fantastic. So they've got this special submersible that you, you need to book ahead on because it only takes up to eight guests at a time, as you can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and Only uh, so much room down there, right? Yeah, <laughs> only so much. But, of course, you're going to get crystal clear, you know, it's, it's a real acrylic sphere that um, gives you unrestricted views and, you know, just imagine the, the vistas you'd see. So that's that's fantastic. And they've also got another new itinerary they're doing, Australia's top end, Cape York and Arnhem land, which will include this as well. And that's going from Cairns, April 2024, if you're interested in that. And that goes all the way up through the Barrier Reef to Cape York, Thursday Island, or across to the English Company Company Islands, should I say, sorry, the Cumberland Strait, the Wessel Islands, and then on to Darwin. So quite an interesting itinerary. Now, if you're interested in a little bit of a rail journey, don't forget we've got these new journeys that are being promoted now, Adelaide to Brisbane and vice versa, a six and a seven day itinerary, uh, which are lovely. And they go through the Grampians and up the, down into Victoria, up to Canberra, Coffs Harbour and Brisbane. And then the reverse of that is seven days. And that comes from Brisbane through Coffs to the Hunter Valley. So people get off there and they can either do Port Stephens, come into Newcastle, Proper or go up to Hunter Valley, then down to uh, Melbourne and across to Adelaide. That Grampians range you mentioned there, Sally, oh. that is that is amazing, isn't it? Oh. it? Do you know what I think that looks like? It looks like the mountains are giant blocks of chocolate that have gone through a cheese grater. 
Wow. That's, that's the look. I was only looking at a photo yeah. somewhere today, actually, on Instagram. It's mm. it's this cave that's called the Hollow Something or Other, mm. and the vista out from it, which is in the Grampians, was just stunning. So, yeah. So, anyway, this is um, yeah, a couple of lovely journeys you can do there. Um, they've got discounts available at the moment, so long as you book by 15 September. I'm staying in Australia today. Um, the 2024 early bird season for the Kimberley is now on, book by 30 September on Outback Spirit on a range of their itineraries, the exquisite Kimberley Adventure, which is 16 days, Jewels of the Kimberley, which is 13 days, and they've also got one doing the Margaret River region as well. Um, you've got a saving of these of up to nearly $3,000 a couple, which is worthwhile saving. Um, Norfolk Island, there's a lovely package going there. This sale ends the 31st of August, um, and it's for travel from uh, August this year right through to April next year. And it's all-inclusive, airfares, accommodation, car hire or for seven nights, stack of tours included, cooking classes, all sorts of interesting things in a range of accommodation from self-contained apartments right through to the Governor's Lodge, which is beautiful, and various different um, standards of accommodation. And there's a lot of cruise companies who have still got some lovely um, savings out for next year. Oceana Cruises have got up to 40% off prepaid gratuities, free shore excursions, free champagne, wine and more, free gourmet special dining, unlimited Wi-Fi on a range of their um, European itineraries. Again, you've got to book that by the 1st of October with Oceana. Regent 2024 have got an upgrade available where you get a free two-category suite upgrade as well as a shipboard credit of $500. And you've got to book that by the 31st of August. And um, Bunnick Tours, their 2024 dates are out covering Dalmatian area of Europe, which is you know, all around um, Croatia, etc., that area, Bosnia, etc., Morocco, Spain in depth, um, Georgia, Armenia and Azerbaijan, uh, Italy, Turkey and Greece. A whole range of tours there. And remember that they've got small group touring only, so you've got no more than 20 people at any one time. Tips are included, no hidden extras. All the flights are included again. So again, it's a one-up cost, which is great. So those savings are available until sold out. Well, you did say in Australia... So till, we, till the end. Till the end, sort of. <laughs> All right, Sally, a big talking travel on the way. I think you dropped one on the floor. I did. That'll have to wait. That was a Mississippi River cruise. Well, I like, dropped. Well, we do that next week. We'll do that next week. Right, if you want to well, do a uh, Mississippi River cruise next week with Sally and a whole bunch of other stuff on talking travel. Have a great weekend, Sally, by the way. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.